Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Hopefully you're off of work by now. Is it Monday? I, I lose track. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't even have any idea. At this point, it just gets into such a flow. It's nice to be back in a flow, though. I'll tell you that we've actually had pretty consistent flow for the last couple of weeks, which has been uh, a far cry from what the last calendar year has been like, and uh, it's definitely making me a lot more uh, happy. I like being busy a lot more than worried about everything that's getting canceled. You're listening to Nuanez now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television, as he does each and every Monday. Riley Corcoran sitting in the chair with me. Mondays and Tuesdays, we've been doing this for about, oh, six, seven weeks now. If you want to get a hold of us at any time, you certainly can. 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast, the podcast is available on our station website, 1029ESPN.com, or on any of your various podcasting platforms. The podcast is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. What do you got coming up? You got a podcast. 
everybody's podcasting I, these days, but Riley's a pro, so his is actually <laughs> worth listening to. I, that's not a shout at anybody else. If you're making a podcast, keep doing it. Because I tell you this, once upon a time, I was sitting on my couch in Bozeman, Montana with a little RCA recorder that's about three inches long, making podcasts, having no clue what I was doing. And uh, here but we look are. Where you are today? Here we are, eight years later, and uh, you know I got to thank everybody out there. We, are, uh, if you combine them all up, we're over a million downloads between the Big Sky Breakdown and uh, the various uh, wow. ESPN. Wow, hold on, that's don't you can't just skip well, over that. It's uh, it's a it's a matter of prevalence as much as it is anything else because I've been putting out podcasts since 2012, which is a little bit. Uh, a little bit earlier than people got on the podcast game, but Big Sky Breakdown and uh, Two Tell Nuanas and or Nuanas now. Uh, pretty good. So thanks, everybody, for listening. But you got yourself a podcast going. You're on season two now of Inside yeah, the Den. Yeah, season two, episode 21 coming out this week. It's been great. It's been more of, you know, it started more of a, okay, once a month kind of update, Grizzly Athletics, and then during football season, people wanted it each week. So it was a great kind of compliment to um, a game broadcast and just a, another angle to maybe talk to a former player. And now we're pretty much doing them weekly. Weekly, all the way through here till the end of spring football that'll be about April 17th this week's episode hey it's the team of the week it's the Lady Grizz we talked about him in the first hour on our Montana basketball hour presented by Stockman Bank and now you're you're we're going to hear about in the inside the den podcast we're going to talk with Maddie Shoning which is hard to believe this Coulter she's the only senior left on either program. So the only senior that will have a senior day or senior night. So Maddie Schoening will be on as well as Kylie Froelich. Great story from Missoula Sentinel. A uh, well-rounded athlete, that's for sure. And then Hey, you'll be on the podcast. Hey. So, yes, that, that'll be released tomorrow morning. So be on the lookout for that. GoGrizz.com slash Inside the Dan or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Of course, the Coaches Show, which could be an interesting one this week. Uh, that'll air Wednesday nights. Archived edition available Thursday. I know it was warm today, but it has been cold and it has been snowing. And that's a good thing when you talk about Lost Trail Powder Mountain. Lost Trail has something for the whole family. Beginner runs to expert-only terrain. Lost Trail offers the best value around. They have runs and, and terrain for every ability level. They're family-friendly. They're affordable. If you want to get any sort of information, whether it's tickets available for off-site stuff or you just want to know directions, trail maps, lodging info, season pass info, conditions, all of it's at LostTrail.com. They're open right now, Thursday through Sunday, 9.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Lost Trail, go for the snow. So Ryan Tutel and I, from time to time, used to always play a little game called The Blind Side, where we'd each come up with a discussion topic point or two. And uh, so... We have both done this, although we actually kind of teased it to each other, so we kind of already know what we're talking about. There's not the actual surprise, but I think that it is still discussion points. So, Riley, you texted me a bunch of great stats from earlier today, and I thought they overlaid with some of the stats I had in my Grizz game story on Saturday. So I'm going to give you a couple statistics from Montana's 90-76 to loss from Eastern Washington. It was the third straight loss for Montana. It also marked the first time since 1969-1970 season. That was the second and final season of the Bob Cope era that a team, a Montana team has given up 90 points in three games in a row. Uh, Lou Roshler took over the following season for one campaign before giving way to Jeff Heathcote in 1971. Since then, Montana's only had five losing seasons, including none since 2003, Saturday marked Montana's ninth conference loss. That's the most under Travis DeCure, and it's most since Wayne Tinkle's final season. But that year, Wayne Tinkle went 12-8 and because it was a 20-game conference schedule back in 2014. UM has finished under 500 in league play just five times since Heathcote left Montana in 1976 to take the head coaching job at Michigan State. That will be the case. Montana will finish 
under 500, uh, unless Montana can win uh, its final four league games because they sit at five and nine in league play. They have two at Idaho State this next weekend, and then a pair of games at home against winless Idaho. Montana's five and nine league record now also includes seven consecutive losses on Saturday conference games. So the Grizz have won three of the last five Big Sky titles and five of the last nine regular season titles. They've gotten eight of the last 18 bids, yet they sit in ninth place in the 11-team Big Sky Conference, just a game ahead of Northern Arizona. That's all to say, not to rub it in with the struggles that Montana has had, but rather to put it in perspective how unbelievably good Montana has been forever. If you want to know the reasons why, go listen to our podcast, Grizz Greats, The Coaching Tree. We interviewed every member of Judd Heathcote's coaching tree from Jim Brandenburg through Mike Montgomery, Stu Morrill, Don Holst, you know, Wayne Tickle, Larry Kristoviak, and Travis DeCure. And each guy has connections to each other, but they also have great um, love for this place at the University of Montana. And uh, again, we're not trying to kick the Grizz while they're down. It is certainly... Uh, amazing that Montana's had so much unbelievable success. But this then overlays with what you were talking about, Riley. Montana is certainly the blue blood of the Big Sky Conference, particularly in the the most modern of modern eras. Over the last 15 years, Montana's absolutely been the cream of the crop in the Big Sky. They're not alone in their struggles when it comes to the most prestigious programs in the in the country, right? They're not, and it goes countrywide. When you look at teams across the nation that you go to a conference and a team that has dominated that conference over the years, you just think about, when you think of the Ohio Valley, you think of Belmont. For people that are obviously into college basketball, when you think of the West Coast Conference, you think of Gonzaga and St. Mary's. When you think of the Mountain West, you think of San Diego State. All of these teams are on this list, and I think it's so telling that when this stat was looked up at the beginning of the year, um, it was more of, wow, it's more of a recognition for what Montana has done, like you just referenced, that this is not kicking Montana when they're down. It's more recognizing the success that they've had over the past 12 years. Montana is one of 20 teams in the country for 12 straight years or more that has had a winning record. They have never had one slip up, and that is what is the most phenomenal thing about this. When you even think about a Randy Ray in a Weber State. I mean, it's happened a couple of times in last year to go 11 and 20 and whatever. Yeah, I mean, they were 12 and 20 last year. Yeah, I mean, that that has just not happened in Missoula. And it's you pointed out in the sense of, okay, this team also still has something to play for. But listen to some of these teams that are still in jeopardy where Montana is not alone in this. And this is going to kind of circle to the theme of the discussion here of where we're at with college basketball. Do you chalk it up to where the system is at? Do you chalk it up to a lot of COVID? Do you chalk it up to a lot of different factors here? Cincinnati, Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Montana. Out of the 20 teams that have had a winning record for 12 straight years, those are the five teams right now that are severely in jeopardy of losing that. Montana would have to win out for them to guarantee themselves to stay on this list. They have to win their Final Four, which, again... You can already get the mini hint of what the lead's going to be on the Grizzly Radio Network for Thursday. These games still matter when it comes to the historical reference of this. The question is, do the current players understand the history that they are trying to uphold here with keeping Montana on this exclusive list? But your thoughts on, on when I sent this over to you, when you look at the teams, the five that are in jeopardy are Cincinnati, Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Montana. I think that it is... A microcosm of the biggest referendum of the state of college basketball that I can give. I think there's a pretty direct and tangible element here in that the programs that you're naming are the programs with amongst the best tradition in the co- in the country, but they're also programs with some of the best 
fans, some of the best support, some of the best home court advantages. I think that part of and and these these things go hand in hand, right? Success makes you have a great home court advantage, which then brings you more success, which then brings you a bigger home court advantage, and they continue to build and build and build. I think this Grizz team. I mean, let's just go through the schedule really quick. I think that they they don't split against Northern Colorado. I think they win that game if there's fans in the stands. I think they don't split against Northern Arizona. I think they sweep that series if there's fans in the stands. I think that, um, I mean, I don't know. I th- and I think these last three losses, they've just been playing teams that are better than them. But I, So I think that they're down at least two conference losses. And so that, that would put them at 7-7 seven and seven in league play instead of 5-9. and nine. But I also think then if you have those breakthroughs at home, you can carry confidence on the road. And then maybe you don't drop uh, you know, a, a game at Sac State or drop a game at Portland State. And you know, I think also, you know this as a guy that travels with the team, you go on the road and even if Portland State doesn't have a comparable home court advantage to Montana, you still have a couple thousand people when the Grizz come to town. Twofold, one, there's a lot of alumni there, but also it's just a team, it's a, it's a good opponent that people want to come out to see, and that spurs you on as the Grizz as well, because now you're trying to play for the people that are rooting for you and play against the people that are rooting against you as well. And for Montana, it's every single game in the big sky. Exactly. When they go to Sacramento, Sac State says that's our biggest crowd of the year. How, yep. how crazy is that? They play teams up and down the coast to California. Their biggest crowd of the year is when Montana comes in. And, and Portland State, same deal. They've had the beautiful Viking Pavilion for years. Their biggest crowds, Montana and Montana State. Back to, I mean, back and forth so you see it and the attendance factor um with what montana does how they throw travis to his style and the way that he coaches coulter you've seen it yep. they feed off of they need the energy energy whether it's negative or positive against him they channel it they channel it when they have the us against the world mentality sometimes that's when they're at their best there is none of that this year i think that we saw it in pre-game warm-ups as well there's I felt it more those last two weeks than any other week than not having fans in Dahlberg for the yep. Weber in the Eastern Games. Would have yep. felt it for Montana State as well. But it felt like a practice. Exactly. Those two teams warming up. It's, it's so different where when we put college basketball, I don't want to get on this soapbox where we're delegitimizing college basketball this year. That, that's not what I'm you trying to do. You can come on because I'm about ready to go. Well, I, I'm telling you, it's... It's not even the same. We are basically limping in. And we had this conversation back in November and December, and I'll let it loose. This is all for just getting to the money grab that is the NCAA tournament. And there are so many factors. You you talk to any coach, and this is throughout the, the league. This isn't just at Montana. Every coach and every team is going through so much off the court that to even focus or try and have that on-court presence, it's... It's just tough to do. This is not a normal year, and the NCAA, we're, we're going to dive into this thing because it's there's so many factors as to what's wrong with this. Montana is, uh, I mean, they have been basically unbeatable at home under Travis DeCure. I think uh, over the last three seasons prior to this one, uh, just five home losses. I got you. 46 and 4 in their previous 50, right? And then in their last 9 home games. This is mind-blowing. In their last last 9 home games against Division 1 opponents, 3 and 6. See, and, and that's that in itself t- tells you how big of a of a disadvantage it is. I think that that's why college basketball is turned upside down on its head right now because the teams that are used to not playing in front of people haven't had to make as big of an adjustment. Like, 
let's just be real. Northern Arizona doesn't play in front of anybody. So when they're all of a sudden having to adjust and not playing in front of anybody, it's not that big of an adjustment. Southern Utah. Southern Utah. Exactly. These teams don't draw. So it's not the it's not a part of the way that they win. I mean, Montana, the formula for victory, I mean, there's been games where they just boat race people, but mostly when it's highly contested games, the games go almost to a script always. They go on a run right before halftime and they go on a run late in the second half. And they assume and seize the lead, and then they just pound you until the game's over, and they win by you know eight to fourteen points every time out. Unless sometimes then they just rip you by forty. But that's just been the home formula for the Grizz forever and ever. And I don't think you can you can undersell that whole element of it. I think Montana State's gone through it as well. Although the Bobcats have, are sitting there uh, ahead of the Grizz in the league standings twofold because of a couple cancellations. They didn't have to play the Grizzlies. They didn't have to play Southern Utah, and they didn't have to play Idaho State. But also they got a bunch of wins on the road, and that's been impactful for them. So they're sitting there at 6-4 and four in league play because they were able to go into those empty arenas at Northern Colorado and NAU and get victories. So uh, it hasn't affected the Bobcats quite as much, but you also don't really know because they haven't played most of their opponents that they were supposed to play at home. You don't know how what you're missing when you haven't. I mean, I, I don't think that the, the results would have been much different for the Bobcats against Eastern Washington, which is the only series I've actually watched them play at home so far this year. But then this just brings me full circle. My uh, our, our great engineer here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, Tommy Evans, uh, he is – I love him because he knows literally nothing about sports, but he does have uh, – he has insightful questions about sports. So he was asking me, what game should we schedule on ESPN National? He said, there's a Duke-Texas game, and there's another game involving some Blue Bloods. And I said, man, you're asking the wrong guy. I know less and care less about high major Division I college basketball than anybody. I said, I know just as much, if, if not less, than you do. And he's like, that's not true. I said, dude, I am so unengaged. And he's like, well, why? And I really started thinking about it. I think that right now, when you talk about the trends in the major sports that people around America really love. The trend and the product is as as bad for Division I men's college basketball, especially high major Division I college basketball, as anywhere in the country. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Number one, we have now seen a full sample size of what the one and done has done to the integrity of the game. These dudes... I watched James Wiseman play once before he went to the NBA draft because he only played seven games at Memphis. What's the point of that? Just let him go play for the Golden State Warriors when he's coming out of high school. Why does he have to go play a facade of a season that then he quits on? You know, you talk about these guys that are high major recruits, these five-star recruits. These guys, they're literally impacting the integrity of multiple different elements of college sports. They're impacting the integrity of what it even means to be a college student. They're impacting the validity of what it means to possibly build a program. The most special, I don't even know if it's special, but you have to have you have to have the foresight and you have to be basically the pioneer of it, like John Calipari was, to be able to do this over and over and over again. And even Calipari now has fallen flat on his face because everybody else started doing it. When you're the only guy that goes all in on it and you can get five NBA players to come to Kentucky, you can win. But now when Duke says, screw it, we're going to do it, I mean, who's the only Blue Bloods in the country that aren't doing this right now? I mean, North Carolina and Virginia, that's about, Virginia, that's about it. But, I mean, 
what did John Beeline have at Michigan that he he was the one that wasn't doing it? And then they went to the NCAA tournament a couple times. Beeline leaves to go to the NBA. What are they doing? They got the best freshman in the country, yep. but that's what they're doing now. And so it, it makes it so from from a variety of different perspectives. One, these guys are coming to campus. And they're signing up for the three easiest classes they can possibly take so they can get three A's so they can be eligible for the spring semester, and then they don't go to school ever again. How is that good for the fabric of a university campus? It's not. It's not. And so, they, But also, though, you have no – I was talking – our good buddy Bill Lamberty, sports information director at Montana State, he – was sending he he somehow was uh, he found one of his old box scores from an NCAA tournament game that he had scored out in 1990. It was between Georgia Tech when they were led by guys like Kenny Anderson and Dennis Scott versus UNLV when they had Larry Johnson and Stacy Ogman and Greg Anthony. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I texted him this. I said, college basketball used to be so cool because even if you had guys that were unbelievable talents like Larry Johnson, he's still in school for multiple years. You're watching him play in the NCAA tournament for multiple years. And so now we have no ability to truly build up fandom for teams or programs. Everything is different all the time. And then it also disimpacts the integrity of the game. So, I mean, I'm not here to say I have the solution, but I do have the solution. Let guys go to the NBA whenever they want. Because this whole facade of these guys spending half a second at a school, it's ruining everything. It comes back to me to one word. That was really well said. To me, it's one word. And it's a, it's a lot of different variations of it. It's commitment. There is exactly. no commitment. At any level, when we talked about those teams, Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, Montana, what does it take to win there? Commitment. You are going to commit to what the culture is, what college basketball is about, being a student athlete is all about, and doing it for four years. And, And what is culture now? Duke used to have the most unbreakable culture in all of sports. They don't have that anymore. The whole you're going to come in and be a four year player, and you're going to wait your turn, and you're going to you know you're going to show flashes as a freshman, and then become a hero by the time you're a senior. It's gone. It's all out the window. And, and even more so, coaches right now. Right. Coaches have to be struggling because I don't want to mean as far as a power struggle, but the power is now in the player. Oh man, the the player has all the power here because right. especially with what we've done. With transfers. It has gotten out of control to where you can't coach a kid anymore. Exactly. You can't. You can't coach him. And if you bring bring in a group of three or four or five five five-star guys, they all think they're coming in to be the best player. And as soon as they're the fourth or fifth best player, literally nobody's buying in to be the the fifth best guy because they think it's all about their numbers. They think it's all about their shoe deal that's coming up, blah, 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 blah. So even if you are still out recruiting everybody like Duke and Michigan State are, it doesn't matter because that guy's going to leave at semester and transfer somewhere else. And I'll even take it down to mid-major leagues where you could have a couple of two-star guys on the team, but... They want to come be the guy. They want to come be the best player at a big sky school. And then now the route is, okay, well, you know, maybe a California school in a Pac-12 didn't didn't go on me here, didn't didn't give me a chance. So I'm I'm gonna go play at a mid-major, be good for two years, and then go. Like that is a that's a path that these players are now thinking is okay. And the, then the fact that it, well, by the way, you're listening to Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz joining me, Coulter Nuanas in studio. And now you're reaching this point too where the elements of basketball that makes basketball the most beautiful game that we've ever created are completely and utterly absent because no one is buying into being a part of chemistry in the name of winning. They're only buying into their own personal production. And this problem is then accentuated 
because it's not only sold to them, but also reinforced to them. If you don't put up numbers, you're not going to get drafted. And if you do, you do. It doesn't matter what your team performs like. The number one pick in the NBA draft, who is an unbelievably talented player in Anthony Edwards. Georgia didn't win anything last year. Winning doesn't matter. It used to be you had to be Danny Manning. You had to go be the, the most outstanding player of the Final Four and win a national championship to be the number one pick. Now, most of the, it's like when you watch the NBA draft, half the guys, you're like, who's that guy? Oh, I saw him for one second at Cincinnati. Who's that guy? There's no accomplishment in terms of your team team accomplishment that leads to then your professional opportunities. It's So in other words, what I'm saying is nothing that happens in college for these one or two and done guys matters at all. You already are your draft stock and there's no way to really help your draft stock. There's only ways to hurt it. So why don't we just let these dudes go to the league or go to the G League or whatever and develop? Because, and that's the, and I'm, I know now I'm just rambling, but at this point we also it's pointless for them to go to college because the college game and the NBA game are not the same. So here's my thing. If you're in charge of the college game or you get to make the rules for this one and done, what's the benefit of having this one and done rule anymore? Because I don't see it. There's none. There's no benefit. It, it's time to change it back. This experiment, right. it's a fish. this is the year. It's blown up. It, it's done. I mean, everyone is... I mean, you're going to look this year more than any other year. The names that are in the transfer portal and, and just... What, what, I think there's 170, I think there's 177 programs in the country that have at least one guy in the transfer portal. That's more than half of the teams in the country that have a, at least one guy in the transfer portal. And we're portal. still in season. Like, we're in it, season. It used to be okay. Maybe when the year's done, you have your one or the, two. But that, I mean... They have the coaches handcuffed so bad that there's literally coaches and programs out there that have guys in the transfer portal that are letting those guys still play. Because they're trying to appease the guy and hope that maybe, oh, maybe I didn't want to break up with you. Maybe if you feed me the rock a little <laughs> bit more, I'm going to stay. I already told you I'm leaving, but I I'm also might stay. Which puts the power where? With the players. With the players. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that the players don't deserve rights. No, they no, no. Yeah. They absolutely do. All I'm saying is that this is a complete facade for what it is. Again, it's pointless for James Wiseman, who was already in, implicated in recruiting violations anyways, to go to Memphis to play for a team that then he ends up becoming ineligible for, and then all he does is do nothing except for wait for the NBA draft. Just let him go to the draft. Our whole concept of team sports is completely getting turned upside down for what college basketball is doing right now. I was thinking about this the other day. And this is not to say anything detrimental about the women's game because I have loved the women's game since I started covering it. But I've reached a point now in my career where I would much rather watch women's basketball than men's basketball. And there's a there's multiple reasons for that. One, they've completely redefined what the sport is. Let's be completely clear. The NBA... High major Division One college basketball, low major Division One college basketball, and women's basketball are four different sports. Yes. They're four different sports. They have different rules. They have different ways of being officiated. Bingo. They have, they have different uh, time structures. Everything. The women's game going to quarters. Couldn't have been better. Because now you have a restart in the middle of the, of the half. And so you're not in the... Like on on, on Saturday, we were sitting there and both teams are in the double bonus and there's 10 minutes to go in the first half. It's like, dude, what are we doing? Why can't we just reset the fouls so we don't have to have a free throw shooting contest for the whole second half? But the women's game also, for a long time, the women were trying to play a similar game to the men. And it, the, the biggest knock was you can't play above the rim. Well, now the women's game is fully skill-based. And so now... They run way more complex actions. The ball movement is way better, and the shooting and the skill is significantly better. So now you have an opportunity for true, beautiful basketball to be played. The fundamental. Fundamental. I mean, 
I would just die to watch a team execute offensively like all the women's teams do. I mean, like I, Idaho, Montana State. If you like basketball, watch that this weekend. You're they women's I, the women's, the women's game. Games. I'm sorry, the, let's clarify. The women's games yeah. for real though. Like Idaho, uh, I, uh, this year it's not quite the same because they don't have Michaela Ferenz and Taylor Pierce, who are the two best shooters in the history of the Big Sky. Period. Men or women, those two young ladies hit 800 plus threes together. But they truly they run Golden State Warriors actions and they run them so crisp, so flawlessly. But the other thing is that they have such good chemistry. Now the the men's game has digressed and it's such a it's such a um it's such a trickle down from the NBA. Everything now is just about me, 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 the the ball dominant guys, getting the points, all that. It, it's it's exhausting. And on the women's side, just the way that they share the ball, with the way that there's a hierarchy of leadership, the way that people are buying into their roles, because again, they don't have this false sense of entitlement. If you're a freshman, you're a freshman, and you're just going to play a freshman's role. If you're a sophomore, you're a sophomore. You're waiting your turn. Because that's what a team does. That's what a team does, exactly. And then all of a sudden, we get to, I mean, that's what we're missing so hard right now, is guys just being okay with, like Mac Anderson for the Grizz is like, a he's the lone soldier left, where he's just totally cool with being in his role. If he's going to play sometimes because of a matchup, he'll do it. He'll be ready. Now, with Michael Stedman leaving, Mac Anderson's in the starting lineup. He's embracing his role. He's not sitting here complaining about, I need more buckets. I need more touches. He just does what he's told, and he does what the coaches need and want him to do. But that's the whole thing, is that the experience should be about winning, and it's not about winning in men's college basketball anymore. It's about what can I accomplish? How can I fortify my brand? How can I make money playing basketball? And it just it's, it's maddening, and it's broken. They have to do something to fix it. I'm just going to take the top four right now in the men's basketball standings in the Big Sky Conference and just just talk about this trend because Eastern Washington also, we're talking about teams, how, how teams are different. You talk about continuity with the group, how you can tell. Eastern Washington, they're the diamond in the rough. They don't have many transfers, okay? Weber State, all five of their starters transfers. They have seven on their roster. Seven, star, seven players on their rotation. Southern Utah, eight. Right. Montana State, seven. Right. Idaho State, seven. Right. That's the top five right now in the Big Sky Conference. And four of the five have seven. Ten are in a rotation. And you're telling me seven or eight are new guys coming in. Hey, here's what we do. I mean. And how do you define. It's a mess. How do you define roles for guys that do do it right? Like Michael Kozak at Weber State was a starter for two years. And now he's their eighth or ninth guy for no reason besides that they brought in a bunch of guys ahead of him. And again, as a coach, I understand you have to play the game. We talked about Tra- with Travis Secure about this last week. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You have to play the game. You have to engage in it because everybody's engaging in it. But the, the concept of recruiting and developing a guy who is never going to be a star is gone. Because, and, it's, and it's not the coach's fault or the player's fault. It's the system's fault. There's no guy that just wants to be... I'm trying to think of guys from like old school Grizz teams. Like Brent Cummings, for example. Ooh. He was one of my good... He was one of my favorite players when I was a kid growing up. And like Brent Cummings was totally cool with just being the guy who stood in the corner and knocked down threes when Matt Williams kicked in the ball, you know? Like there was just so many guys like that. Shane Christensen, yep. the old Grizz point guard. He never cared if he scored 20. He just wanted to get you in and out of your sets. I, Bobby Moorhead, I think, and maybe more recent. For sure. You could say well, and, he and was Michael on that team. too, because yeah. Michael Oguine oh, was a man. star. Because Michael Oguine was a star because he's a wonderful kid, a magnetic personality, and one of the greatest athletes the University of Montana has ever seen. But he, oh, that is the dream for what you want 
mid-major amateur college athletics to be is him because he had phenomenal individual production, phenomenal team success, and also never had to be or got to be the star because he bought in. But if you wait your turn, that's what it becomes. That's It harkens all the way back to when Grizz football was at, was at its best. I was talking to Mike Person, former Montana State offensive lineman who spent nine years in the NFL, and he was saying, man, I remember playing those 08 and 09 Grizz teams, and there was not one guy on the front seven that you were that scared of. But you just knew that they had 20 of them. Like it did, you, you wouldn't even recognize it was a different guy because there was a new number and a new player, and every single guy is part of this machine, and they're just running – 10, 11, 12, 13 defensive linemen in at you. Every single one of them is just a hard-working Montana guy. And that's the beauty of it. That's what you want to get to because if it's about winning more than anything else, that's what sports is supposed to be all about. And we've created a system where guys are rewarded and praised and glorified without winning. And that is a, uh, I think it's a bad message. And I think it's something that's going to continue to erode if we don't make a difference. We are completely off track, but I love that was great. Uh, this is this is this is what we what we do it for. And again, I'm not blaming this on anybody. I think that we have a chance to change the system. But what ails us about society and what ails us about big time college sports? We have to get it back to being about what it's supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about money. It's supposed to be about the experience, and it's supposed to be about, about winning. It is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. We're way, way late, so we got to get out, but we'll be back at you. Got a couple FCS football tidbits to give you. I know we're not playing here in the state of Montana, but... We are uh, seeing some games around the country, and uh, we'll probably have a, a little bit more on what we were just talking about as well. 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television, back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Hey, what's up, Montana? I'm sweating. A little fired up after you were. that last one. We know what you were doing all weekend, thinking thinking of how you're going to collect your thoughts <laughs> for that. It is Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Want to hit us up online? We're all over the place. 1029ESPN.com. That's where you're going to find the live stream. Just click on the Listen Live tab. The live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call us, you can. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. You can also text that uh, number as well. You can also find us on all the social media. Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. Or on Twitter at Skyline Sports MT at Coulter underscore Nuanez or at Voice of the Grizz Riley Corcoran joining me in studio like he does each and every Monday. It's crazy because we have to talk a little bit of football. A couple um, fascinating results from over the weekend. FCS football got kicked off. I think that well, first of all, I'll give you a, one one small opinion. I don't want to go on a tangent like this last segment, but. Part of the allure of playing the spring football season was there was a lot of talk that they were going to make these games have significant national exposure. 
Well, I was like downloading new apps that I have never even used before to try to even check scores. So that didn't happen. They they missed the boat somehow. Like, why aren't we putting these games on something else? I don't know. But uh, it seemed like uh, it wasn't very accessible. There's not a lot of exposure going on for the FCS. Well, especially when you thought like one of the biggest positives of coming going out in the spring was you were going to get more exposure. Exactly. I, I legit culture. I knew that South Dakota State was playing Northern Iowa. Okay, that's number sure. three against number five. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to check the other scores. Yep. Go to my app, go to FCS football, or I go to college football. And what's it pull up? August 28th that Illinois is playing Nebraska. Exactly. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, we got to go to the FCS. Click four different times. Oh, then I watched Nichols, number nine in the country, beat Lincoln, Missouri, 87 to three. Yikes. <laughs> so anyway, that was, yeah, same, same with you. It was very hard to find the FCS this last week. The most surprising, and I think this is actually something that people in Montana should care about, because here's, here's one thing that we have, have uh, been missing since the expansion of the Big Sky Conference. The Big Sky Conference expanded in 2012 and absorbed the Great West. That ended up making non-conference games with like FCS opponents even harder for Big Sky Conference schools because many of the teams that the Big Sky Conference schools, particularly the Montana schools, traditionally always schedule for non-conference games. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I either watched or covered Montana playing Cal Poly or Southern Utah growing up. I know a lot of players that played for the Grizz that didn't even know Cal Poly wasn't in the conference. They just thought that that was just the first game of the year. Bobby Houck always liked to schedule Cal Poly because he knew you're going to have a hard-nosed fall camp. You're going to get ready for the triple option. Let's get it out of the way. We'll get our tackling in, all that stuff. But not being able to schedule the UC Davises and Cal Polys and North Dakotas and Southern Utahs of the world made the scheduling even harder. Well, now we have this emerging league in the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, that's going to have several schools from around the quote-unquote West, including down South. Uh, and the Southwood used to be a, a place where you could find like FCS opponents. The Southwood's basically falling apart now. And, it, you know, it's not that easy to have a home-and-home against uh, McNeese State or Central Arkansas because that's a long trip. It's going to cost a lot of money. So now, though, we're going to have schools in Texas and in the southern part of the country, particularly southern Utah, like Dixie State and southern Utah, that now can be used as non-conference games for schools in the Big Sky Conference. Well, Tarleton State, who was a Division II powerhouse, they moved up to the FCS to join the WAC. Well, they made one of the greatest FCS debuts that I've ever seen by beating New Mexico State 43-17. to I know New Mexico State is trash. I know that the way that the uh, state of New Mexico has been operating is going to make it nearly impossible for those teams to have any success because they literally have not been able to be together or practice whatsoever. But that's still an amazing result for a team to win 43-17 to in their first Division I game against an FBS opponent. How does that happen? How does that happen? Straight domination, right out, right out of the gate, because you you think the transition. I mean, the North Alabamas of the world that come in. That, that's a great example. North Alabama, yep. the team that Montana beat sixty three to seven, whatever that was. Right. They are going through the same transition that this Tarleton State is that yep. you're describing. But yet, Tarleton State goes on the road and wins by twenty six at an FBS opponent. It's pretty dang amazing when you think about uh, it. This is a note from Craig Haley of uh, of FCS Stats. Tarleton State was missing five starters due to COVID-19 protocols, yet they still had 501 total yards of offense to 241 for New Mexico State. They had an 11-minute, 20-second upper hand in time of possession. And from the national awards this week, which Stats will be putting out, 
Cameron Burston, Tarleton State senior cornerback, was the National Offensive Player of the Week. He uh, scored a 70-yard touchdown on a quarterback keeper. He also threw an 86-yard touchdown. Those were on the first two offensive plays of the game. So you're talking a 70-yard touchdown and an 86-yard touchdown on the first two plays of the game for the FCS team. Burston went on to complete 15 of 29 passes for 252 yards and two touchdowns and also had 79 yards and two more touchdowns on the ground. So uh, big time for him to win Offensive Player of the Week. But I still I just can't get over the fact that there's an FBS team that can lose like that to a team that's playing its first Division One game. Do you think New Mexico State regrets adding this? Uh, I mean, how embarrassing. Embarrassing. And they're not playing for anything. That's the thing. I mean, New Mexico State's an FBS team because, of course, no other FBS schools are playing right now in the spring. They're independent, of course. They got two games against Tarleton State and Dixie State. Boy, I... They better not lose to Dixie State. Yeah, no question. Or does New Mexico State go to the WAC? That's that's, that's another, another conversation. Yeah, but I'm right. telling you, I think that could it's happen. In, it's, it's in the cards. And then you're talking about two powerhouse leagues in the Big Sky. The Big Sky. I I could see that. I think New Mexico State might be a missing piece to all of this for a conversation that for we sure. can have on a long summer day when we're searching for content or as we it starts gearing up. But that's uh, that's realistic. Tarleton State, hey, we're going to find some fun stories from the spring, especially oh, guys sure. like us. We're, we're going to ring and go, what the heck? Because you can put it yeah. in perspective. Well, and let's be clear. Uh, you know, as someone that covered Division II football for a couple seasons when I was living in Ellensburg, Washington, covering uh, Central Washington when they were on their great uh, D2 run, those Texas schools... The Division II Texas schools that have sort of been laying in wait because they never really had an invite to the Southland and they obviously weren't going to join the Big 12, are they are so primed to be impactful FCS programs. West Texas A&M, Texas A&M, Kingsville, and Tarleton State, those schools all draw 10,000 fans plus per game. They all have facilities better than half the teams in the Big Sky Conference, both internal and external facilities, and they're in Texas. So they're going to be able to recruit Loaded at a su- super high level. So watch out for those teams. So how much of the uh, SDSU, the South Dakota State, Northern Iowa game did you watch? I watched a half of it. The so second what, half. What, who won? I didn't even pay attention to this. At the very end, South Dakota State won by four. It's 24-20. It was, and that's number three versus number five. Yeah. And it actually looked like... Like football game, Real and football, I mean, sure. I mean that in the sense of neither team really looked that rusty. And so you look at it, and come on, from a wide scope, especially here in Missoula, talking statewide in Montana, who's this FCS season for? It's for the Missouri Valley Conference, that's right. and add James Madison and maybe Weber State. That's right. I mean, that, that, that's what this is for right now. So the Missouri Valley, to me, should be the class of what we're watching here. I'm curious to see Big Sky Football starts this week and yeah, talking Saturday. with Larry Weir, who's the voice of Eastern Washington. The fact that he's prepping for a football game this weekend, it's hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around it. Your thoughts on just the Big Sky starting and not having the Montana schools in it? How much different would it be? I guess that's a stupid question, but how different would it be if the Montana schools were playing, obviously compared to, oh yeah, FCS is on Big Sky Cowboys debuts this week. We're going to talk more about that right after this. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. It's always taste, taste, taste. You're happy when I'm on my knees. One day is fine and next is black. 
So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Hey, happy Monday Thanks so much for listening Thanks for letting us take you home Right here on Nuanas Now 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. We do this each and every day, 4 to 6, on both of those various broadcasting platforms. If you missed anything in the first two hours of the show, anything in today's show, it's easy to rate, review, subscribe, all of those things. Just type in my last name, Nuanez, N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you to our uh, podcast, and uh, you can check out all the great things we had in the show today. We talked... Big Sky Conference hoops during the Montana Basketball Hour. Jason Mackey, head coach for Missoula Sentinel, swung by uh, as well to talk about his outstanding team as well as his outstanding senior leader. Talked a little bit more about Montana and the confidence of the team. Great conversation about the state of men's college basketball. And then we also talked a little bit about FCS football, which we're going to continue to do now. Riley Corcoran is here as he is every single Monday and Tuesday. He's the voice of the Grizz. And uh, he's got time on his hands right now because he's grinding through a basketball season, but he doesn't have to do spring football. Did you ever think about how big of a nightmare this was going to be, covering March Madness and spring football? These three weeks, I, I was up at night, I'm telling you, when, when we thought Montana was going to play. Just the, the conflict, right? Let's just go through it. This weekend, Grizz basketball plays at Idaho State. Right. Well, I've got to be inside the basketball team bubble for the game on Thursday, right. but then be back to Missoula to fly with the team to go to Northern Arizona for Friday for a football game and then also have Nick Hallis or someone else call the game in Pocatello. And then next week would have been another road game for a football at Eastern Washington when basketball was home against Idaho. It would have been a train wreck. I was already... Th- I had nightmares, Coulter. Nightmare, uh, I had... Big Sky Championship Saturday for basketball in a couple weeks. I mean, I, I had nightmares about that week. Like, how am I going to miss the Grizz football home opener or the Big Sky Championship if the Grizz were so fortunate to be in it? Like, it's it would have been crazy. From a from a pure business perspective, we we almost never put uh, football on the back burner because that would be foolish. Because you know, fact of the matter is, it's it, we we love football around Montana. We love football around the Big Sky Conference, and it's just the thing that garners the most interest in everything that we write at SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as everything we talk about here. We love covering all the great athletes and all the great sports, but it's just the highest level of exposure is for Grizz and Bobcat football. That's just what it is. And we were having discussions both here at the station, as well as my brother Brooks and I were having discussions about our coverage plan on Skyline, and we were just kind of like, man, we're going to have to put football on the back burner for the first time. Like We have to cover the the hoops that we got going because yep. we have, you know, from a just, just from a logistical standpoint, but also just the sponsors that we have and all this stuff. I mean, it was going to be a headache no matter what. And so I'm, I, for one, am glad that they're not participating. I will say this, and, and this is a great we, – we always find a way to do this. This is unscripted, but at the end of every show, <laughs> we, have a, we have a talking point for either tomorrow's show or next, next week. Yeah. What is the Big Sky Conference without Montana or Montana State? Because you're going to find out relevance-wise, and it might not be fair all the way because it's spring and it's going to be thrown together, but what is the Big Sky Conference without Montana Montana State, and can you foresee a future where that might not be the case? I know, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Riley will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about exactly that because I think that there's a lot of things that are going on here. Uh, you know, you have a chance if you're Idaho, for example – to have your first semblance of success in the Big Sky Conference since you returned. If you're Weber State, you have a chance to chase a third straight title, a fourth straight title. Eastern to go back into the top. Eastern Washington to go back. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 